Hey there, and welcome to Planet Now, where it's all about the people, places, things, and ideas that teach us, prompt us to make a difference, and do more with what life presents. Now, have you ever talked to someone at work, or maybe at church, or a house of worship, or anywhere else, and you knew there was something more to their story? Well, that's how I felt about this one, about our next guest. Her name is Stephanie Gaines Bryant, and I remember thinking this after somehow we got to talking at work, and I found out she has a yoga business. Of course, it's no secret that business owners fascinate me. I swear one day I'll own one of my own. So, you know, we both work at a radio station in Washington, D.C., and we cross paths fairly regularly on the weekends. And we cross paths fairly regularly on the weekends. And after starting this podcast, I decided to ask her to be on the show to talk about the benefits of yoga. It's a new year, and no doubt you might be reviewing resolutions to be fitter, healthier, vowing for better self-care this year. What a better way to do so than to get your yoga on. Now, one thing I've noticed is when I went to yoga classes, and this was a while ago, I noticed that I was one of a few black faces and didn't notice any black instructors. But now I know one. Of course, there are way more to know out there, but she's the only one I actually know. So I introduce you to Stephanie Gaines Bryant. She's a radio news anchor at a local DC station. She's also owner and operator of Radio Yogi Health and Fitness. And if you notice an echo during our interview, it's because we're talking right in her studio, which is located in Bowie, Maryland. We just sat down on a couple of yoga mats for some conversation. Interestingly enough, in this part of the country, you do have a few, but it's still not enough. A lot of times when, especially African-American women, and I hope you don't mind my emphasizing that, with African-American women, a lot of times we tend to be more full-figured. And so you'll walk into a class and you don't see anyone who looks like you. You don't see anyone who is your complexion. You don't see anyone who is your size. And sometimes that's very intimidating for people and they'll end up taking a class or two and walking out. So what my class is, it's for every body. I don't care if you're a size two. I don't care if you're a size 22. You can come to this place and you can feel like you're at home. You can feel like you're in a place that welcomes you. It is for every type of body. You can come in here and Radio Yogi Health and Fitness can be your home. You can feel like you're at home. And so you have a story. I was reading through your blog, a compelling story about how you got here, how you got to this space. You have your own space now and I felt some of the heartbreak and the ups and downs. So tell us about that. Well, as you know, I'm a radio news anchor. And that's why it's called Radio Yogi Health and Fitness, to kind of honor that other part of my career, which is radio. So um, I started, I was working in urban radio for uh, about 10 years, got fired from my job. And it's a crazy story. When I got fired, at the time I had braids in my hair. So I needed to be able to go on job interviews. And I was absolutely devastated, even though we all know in this business, if you last two years somewhere, you're doing pretty good. It's a business that's full of ups and downs, lots of turnovers and stuff. But I loved it. It was like the job was one of my children. I really loved it. I was the uh, afternoon drive news person, and I was also the host of their evening talk show called The Daily Drum. So my job interview was for WTOP, and I went to take the braids out of my hair. By the end of the day, I was in tears. 
I was almost bald-headed. There was a strand of hair here, <laughs> a little one here, and then maybe a long strand. <laughs> yes. Yes, I took the braids out of my hair, and I was bald, and I had an interview like in two days. And so I put on a cap, went to Walmart, and tried to buy a perm kit so I could like perm it myself. It wouldn't take. Anyway, I went to my hairdresser, who was so sweet. She took me early in the morning when no one was there. And she worked some magic. And I was able to go to my interview and got the job. And I'd been at WTOP for on and off for 13 years. So what that story told me was that I am more than my hair. And I have always been someone who meditates, someone who's more spiritual than religious. And I always look for the lesson in things. And that was a very, very powerful lesson for me. And a lot of times people who consider themselves being spiritual and on the path, they talk a good game, but they're not living what they speak. And so I try my best to live what I speak. I try my best to walk the path. And so what were some of the some of the questions that you started asking yourself when you realized, okay, well, the hair that I had is no longer there. How did you figure out who you are outside of that covering or that part of, I call it our bodies, our shells, outside of that covering, that part of your shell? Well, I have been a meditator since I was like 21 years old. When I first got out of college, I didn't know where I was going to go, what I was going to do. I just knew I didn't want to go back to my home, which was New Jersey. And so I was kind of bumming out on my brother's couch in Newark, Delaware that summer before, I mean, right after I had graduated from school. This guy comes to the door and he says, I want to give this book to your brother because I was living with my brother at the time. I said, okay. And I laid on the couch and I started reading this book and it was called The Magic of Believing. That book got me to thinking about the power of the subconscious mind. It got me thinking about sort of working from within outward. From there, I started meditating on a regular basis. And I really found in those early years that it changed my life. It changed my perspective. I think going in, for me, some people, they find their strength outward. For me, I find that strength from within. Every day, and and for those first couple of years before I started doing yoga, which was many years later, I was what I would call a crisis meditator. I would meditate when something wrong was going on in my life. I'd uh, meditate. (laughs) Every day, several times a day, until that particular situation subsided. And then I would meditate for a while, maybe months, maybe even years, and then some crisis would happen. And I'm sitting there, eyes closed, meditating, praying or whatever. So a couple of years ago, when I got my yoga certification, some friends, we went to Yogaville in Virginia. And it was such a powerful experience. It changed my life. I began, and that was in 2013. For the last five years, I can honestly say I meditate almost every day. Even if it's just sometimes I have five minutes, sometimes I have 45 minutes. But I try to go inside every day before I greet the world on the outside. What is Yogaville? It's a place, it's, it's a yoga place. And you can go there and meditate. They have weekend retreats. They have this temple where you can go and pray and meditate. It's a beautiful site. It's near that Charlottesville area, 
beautiful place. And I went there for a workshop, but we had some time in between to do some meditation, to do some touring of the facility. And I just absolutely loved it. And I, I meditated in, in their temple and it was just this powerful experience. And I vowed to try to meditate every day. And I, I have pretty much kept to that promise. That sounds like like a life-changing experience. Yes, it was. And I started yoga um, in 2010. I had had back pains for many years, uh, sciatica. And I, I like to run, and I'm not very good at it. But something about being out in that movement, that's a sort of um, moving meditation for me, is running. So when I got to the point where the sciatica was so bad that I couldn't run anymore, I ended up doing several rounds of physical therapy. And I remember the physical therapist asked me during one of the last rounds, she said, are you going to continue running? And I said, yes. And she said, I'll see you back here in a couple of weeks. Like, you need to either stop running or you'll never heal. And I didn't like that. So I started looking for a more holistic way. If I'm going to deal with this sciatica for the rest of my life, I want to find a more holistic way to deal with it. So I'm riding down Route 301, and I see this sign that says yoga. And I started taking yoga. I went there, got a brochure, called, and next thing you know, I was taking two yoga classes a week. Within one year, first of all, my sciatica went away within weeks. Years of back pain went away in a matter of weeks through yoga. So immediately I was a believer. And it just felt right for my body. We live in these bodies, but we don't feel our bodies. The only time we feel our bodies is when we're sick and when we're having sex. Otherwise, it's a shell that we live in. We don't feel the body. We don't know our bodies. And yoga, those cup, those first, I learned my body. And within a year, I was ready to take their teacher training. So within a year, I signed up for their teacher training program, which was almost a year long. It's about nine months long. And from there, I just somehow, and I can't even tell you why, I'd never taught anything in my life. I taught, well, I taught aerobics back in the 80s and 90s. But anyway, I hadn't taught anything in many, many years. And somehow I knew I wanted to teach yoga. And I also knew that I didn't want to work for somebody, that I wanted my own thing. And I just knew there was a market for African-American women because For myself, walking into that classroom, I was usually the only black person, and I was usually bigger than everybody. But I'm not easily intimidated, so where other people, "Eh, I feel self-conscious, and I'm I'm like, they're doing their thing, I'm going to do my thing. (laughs) I occupy my space, and wherever I am, there I be. Yes. Absolutely. So that didn't that didn't bother me that I was the only one or that I was bigger than everyone else. I just did my thing and ended up I got my certification, my 200 hour ended up four years later getting my 500 hour certification as well. And I started subletting space five years ago from a group of guys who owned a kickboxing studio. They allowed me to have a room within their facility. So I had my own place there for five years. But as you can imagine, with a kickboxing studio, you've got all the noise and commotion going on there. It was a great experience because it taught me how to run a business. But a lot of times in my heart of hearts, I felt like I wasn't doing true yoga because it was so noisy. I couldn't give people the peace and calm 
that I wanted to? Well, there they ended up um, getting ready to move, and so I knew I had to go to a different space. So just recently, in September, I found this place. I have my own space. It's quiet. It's mine, and I am. I feel so blessed. I want to scream. Scream. <laughs> <laughs> I do. It is still, even though I moved in in September, it is still a surreal feeling. I never thought I would get here. It was a long road. When did you realize, you said you realized you didn't want to work for someone else, but you did work for someone else in the past. So where along that path did you realize? Was that before you were let go from the, the, it was the D.C. station? Yes. Before you were let go? The or. Oh, okay, W. Okay. Oh, that's right, the Daily Drum. Okay. <laughs> was it before, somewhere before, while you were still working for them, or was it after that, along your path of, you know, discovering yoga and meditating on a more regular basis? Well, as I've gotten older, I want to do it my way. I don't want to do it whoever the boss's way is. So when you have your own, even though there's some costs involved with that, this is mine. I can do it my way. I can set up classes the way I set it. want to set them up. I don't have to follow anybody's rules. This is whatever it is I want to create. This is what I want it to be. Some people, all their lives, they dream of owning their own business. That was not a thing for me. I just, I just imagined myself staying in yoga. And I, don't mind, I hope you don't mind my saying this, but God said I'd something else. Very Wait, do you mean stay in yoga or stay in radio? To God, in my view, God led me to do this too. The radio thing now for me, although I love having my foot in the door, it's a means to an end. I do that so that I can continue doing this. I still love it. I love what I do, but I love being part-time. Even though, even when I was young, I always wanted to do what I wanted to do. In other words... I didn't believe in doing something I don't like. If I'm doing something I don't like, I'm not going to stay there. I'm not going to be my best self. And a lot of people, you would be absolutely shocked, the people who are just working to work. They don't enjoy what they do, but it pays the bills. I never wanted to be one of those people, and I've been blessed not to have to do that. I've had the luxury of jobs that I've loved doing what I've loved. And believe me, at the beginning, and you know as a radio person, at the beginning, it ain't easy. No, it's not. <laughs> it ain't easy. Oh, I remember. You know, I'm, I'm going to be honest. Sometimes, you know, you're hoping people get sick so you get that time on the air. <laughs> yeah, you just, it's like you, you're just dying. Give me a chance to be on the air. Anytime you can open up a microphone, you want to open up the microphone. And I, I started off in Baltimore. Then I moved to Houston, and I did radio in Houston briefly as a DJ. Then ended up moving to Charleston, South Carolina. So it's like I, had, I moved around a lot for the sake of radio, for the opportunity to be on the air, for the opportunity to do what I love. And I met my husband in Charleston, South Carolina, and he just, he was in the Navy and he got stationed in Annapolis. So I ended up moving back to this area, which is where I started doing radio here. But I had to hop around a lot. Um, had to take a lot of jobs that were not the greatest. Had to take a lot of shifts 
that were not the greatest, but I wanted it. I wanted it so badly. And so I did. I did what I wanted for a lot of years. I loved my years in urban radio, worked as a the morning show, one of my the most fun jobs I ever had, worked as the morning show co-host for the Doug Gilmore Morning Show for Magic 102.3. And every day for three years, we laughed. You know, that was, sounds like a good gig to have. It was, and I couldn't even believe they were paying me to do that. Every day for three years, we laughed, met celebrities, told jokes. It was just a blast. So I've had, I, I can say that I've had a very, very blessed career through my radio experiences, through my yoga experiences. It's been a good experience. So let's take a slight turn. Um, I remember you had something on air, something that you had on your cable show. Yes. And then it talked about Christians and yoga. And I remember hearing when I was younger, oh, don't do yoga because... And then, you know, there was a list of reasons. I'd never done yoga. I was told this by elders. So I tended to believe to a certain extent, because I didn't have my own experience with it. And so I went to my first yoga class in the 2000s, I think. I said, well, oh my gosh, I feel like I can float after, after, you know, after the class. And some of what I was told started to not ring true about being careful of meditation and being careful of, I guess, letting yourself go fully, if you will. Oh, absolutely. A lot of times Christians may believe that there's something demonic about doing yoga, that during meditation you don't know what spirits you might encounter and it may be some negative spirits and because you're so open that you will allow spirits in to become a part of who you are. I've never believed that. (laughs) But that's some of the, the reason why people are hesitant or I I get and what I do because I'm very careful with that I'm very sensitive of people in whatever their beliefs are I never try to say anything that leans toward any particular religion because I, I respect whoever as a matter of fact I have a master's in liberal arts and I studied comparative religion for years so I have a deep respect for whatever anybody else's belief system is And I don't think meditation does anything to interfere with or conflict with what a Christian may believe, what Jews believe, what Muslims believe. I I just don't believe that it, it has anything, you know, any negative connotations to it. Nowadays, I tend to think that prayer is just a different word for meditation. It is. Because what you're doing is you are going inside and you're speaking to whoever your or your being with whoever you believe your creator is. Now you can be a Buddhist who doesn't believe in a single God. You believe in that universal spirit. Or you can be of a Christian who believes in God. And I think you can all do yoga, celebrate yoga, and benefit from the physical and mental effects of yoga. And I do not say anything gearing toward one religion or another. As a matter of fact, there's usually in many yoga classes, they do om at the end of the class. And it's just a universal sound. 
but I won't do it for that reason because I don't want anyone to think I'm trying. And they're like, what does she have me saying? What is she saying with that? As if I'm saying something demonic, I don't even want to go there. So I, I tend not to do that because I am trying to be sensitive to people who don't. And I think knowledge is power. And I think when you believe things like you're conjuring up some spirits or you don't know what spirits you're letting in by doing yoga, I think that's ignorance. And I think if you would educate yourself and even try it, open yourself up to it and try it and just see. And you will come back and tell me that it's not any of what you thought. As a matter of fact, one of my classes is at a church. And, so, and that's the only class that's not here because they're senior citizens and I don't want them to have to travel so far. So I do a senior chair yoga class at a church. And they have, and they have absolutely no problem with anything. And I've been teaching there now almost five years. They have no problem with what I bring to them. They are so grateful to how much better they feel, how much calmer they feel, and how some of those aches and pains don't hurt quite as much anymore. That's what, what it's all about, getting to... Getting in tune with body, mind, and spirit. So at the start of every new year, folks are usually ripe with resolutions. It's a new day, a new year, a new thing will be done in the upcoming 365. Now, new desires emerge to do things differently than before. Maybe a new exercise routine is on the list or a lifestyle change that includes better eating and movement. I know I need to start some new practices this year. What about you? Well, let's get into that with Stephanie Gaines Bryant on Planet Now. Her advice on starting a new habit this year, whether it's yoga or something else. My first suggestion, whether it's a resolution to quit smoking, whether it's a resolution to do weight, choose one thing at a time. Don't choose, well, I'm going to lose weight, quit smoking, and, and join a yoga class all at the same time. Choose one thing and go from there. Make small changes. Also, if you choose to do yoga, take it at your leisure. Don't try to take a yoga class every day. You know what I mean? Because what you do is you burn yourself out. Maybe the first class might be a little challenging for you and you feel like that you're not feeling well or you you may have maybe sore and you go back the next day and you're more sore. So you don't go back and then you're, I'm not going to go. And next thing you know, you quit. So take it easy. Take one class. Also know what type of yoga you're walking into. There are many, many, many types of yoga. For example, I'm not a big fan of hot yoga. It's the thing. People love it. I'm just not a big fan. So if you've never done yoga before, if you've never even exercised before, you may want to start off with a beginner class. And you may want to start off with a gentle yoga class. Don't go into a level two class and you haven't been active in five years. Take your time. Look around. You don't have to commit to the first yoga class you go to. Why don't you take a class, see how you like it. Also, what is your chemistry with the teacher? Because if you ever walked (laughs) into the class and you liked the class, but you didn't like him or her... Yeah, (laughs) something about that person's because I'm an energy person. There's something about that person's energy that doesn't sit right with me. What is the chemistry like between you and the teacher? 
What is the pace of the class? So take that class and see whether you like it or not. You might have to try a few classes. What is the energy in the class? As we mentioned earlier, you might walk into the class and you're a middle-aged woman who may be you know, overweight and you walk into the class and everybody there is 22 and skinny and, and not of your color. You know, you may feel comfortable, like I I told you, I had no problem. I didn't feel, because I was there to do me. A lot of people are much more self-conscious than that. So you want to find a space that makes you feel comfortable as well. Did they greet you at the door? when they? Do they know your name? Or are you just somebody walking in to the classroom? Also, think about bringing a friend with you. You are much more likely to stick with something if you bring a buddy with you. And I've had mothers and daughters, I've had best friends, I've had sons and and daughters come in. So you might want to choose somebody to take a class with. And you know what happens a lot of times? One person will like it and the other won't, but the other person will stick with me. Now, is there anything that you think it's important for people to know about yoga practice or you and your story that I didn't ask? I think if you're going to do something, you need to commit, and you're not when you walk in, you are not going to know all of the postures the first day. Don't take it so seriously. Okay, so you get mixed up in the middle of the routine. So what? Just move on when you can. It's not that deep. The deep thing is that you are healthy physically, especially Liz, We suffer from chronic diseases at a higher rate than any other community. We suffer from heart disease, high blood pressure, different types of cancers, obesity at a higher rate than any other community in the United States. We need to become active. We need to get moving. And yoga is one way that you can get moving. You know, and if you choose not to do yoga, that's fine. Do something. Get yourself moving. We are dying. Don't you want to see your children graduate from college? But we are dying at disproportionate rates because we are not taking care of ourselves. And you know what? where we need yoga the most? Where? In churches. Hmm. After the service, you go downstairs for the fried chicken. Potato salad. (laughs) Potato salad. Oh, what? No, we need to get that message out to the churches as well. You cannot have your hair looking $500 fly and your body is unhealthy. And I want to scream that, Liz. If there's any message that I want to get out is that we, as African-American women, are not taking care of ourselves. And we are dying when we don't have to. And it, it's, it's not a criticism. It is a fact One in five African-American women are either overweight or morbidly obese. The hair industry, we have made the hair industry a million-dollar industry, and I love my hairdresser. (laughs) I've been going to her for 20 years, and I love her. But let's pay as much attention to our bodies as we do our hair and our nails. So you're not telling anyone, don't be cute. You're just saying a little bit of balance. Be as cute as you want. I love Mac. I give Mac a lot of money. (laughs) So I love my makeup. I get my hair done. Yes, I do. But also 
please, not for me, but for your children, for your loved ones. You have to make time in your schedule. And Lord knows, I have four kids. I know what it's like to work and and to try to find time for my body, but you've got to. This is not a well, maybe kind of sort. No, you have got to start paying more attention to your body. We've got to get that word out there. And another question, yoga, it seems like it's something that's calming and it is calming and relaxing. How can that help? How can, is there a yoga for weight loss? How can that help with uh, folks who are obese? Because during uh, the yoga practice, you're not just sitting there meditating for a whole, a whole hour. You, for me, with me, or if you train with me, you get a workout. Okay. I, I, when I don't go for a while, I, I'm sore the next day. <laughs> there are, and there are yoga workout classes. But to me, it's important to have all of those elements. Yes, we work out. Yes, a good portion of the class, I would say a good 40 minutes of the class, encompasses a workout where you are working your body. But the other part of the class is that meditation, is that centering. Where you can, in the centering, what the meditation does, that helps with that stress. I don't know if you noticed, but most people breathe from the chest. Mm -hmm. And those are stress breaths. You have to learn to breathe from the diaphragm, from the belly. You have to learn how to breathe, learn how to bring yourself down, calm yourself during. I mean, there are breath exercises that I teach. You get stressed at work, you can go in the bathroom. Take a couple of breaths, and you will come out, and you will not curse out your coworker. <laughs> you won't do it. You will have thought about it and said, maybe that's not a good idea. But that's part of the whole process. That's part of the, part of the whole practice is learning how to breathe, learning how to go inside for quiet meditation. And I'm not saying you have to meditate 45 minutes a day. Can you do five minutes before you put your feet on the floor to, to, to get up for your day and go get your cup of coffee and feed the kids or whatever? Can you sit and be with yourself quietly for five minutes and just breathe? It will change your life. It will make a difference in each and every day. Before you pick up the phone. Before you pick up the phone, sit up in your bed Place your hands on your knees, come into a cross leg position or whatever sitting up position is good for you and simply close your eyes and breathe. Do you have any, any mantras that you tell yourself or do you repeat any phrases to yourself that you find are helpful before you start the day? Well, there are two schools of thought with that. With the mindfulness meditation that I'm more geared toward, that I'm more inclined to do, just focusing on the breath. Other people do a mantra-based thing. I have certain, and most of them are biblical, that I do say to myself that, you know, kind of help me get through. One of them I always say, it's all in divine order. God is in charge. God is at the wheel. It's not me. (laughs) And also another one I love when I'm meditating, and I've always loved this, be still and know that I am God. Just just be still. And that knowing, that knowing that you are not in this alone, and that stillness, it just, it just does something for me. It just calms me and settles me no matter what the situation. And then as far as the 
the phrases that you say, they could apply to anyone of any belief or no belief at all. You just kind of tweak and tailor according to whatever it is you believe. Exactly. What are you going through or what are you, what's on your mind at that particular time? Are you going through something? Because that makes a difference too. For example, you're going through a particular job situation. Just knowing that whoever your creator is, is in charge, is not you. That's not you in charge. Knowing that somebody else is watching over you. If you're praying for protection, if you're, you know, it, it, it depends on whatever it is you're going through. And there are positive sayings that have nothing to do with religion that you can repeat to yourself. Even like if you're feeling some insecurities about the way you look or you're a teenager and you've got that self-consciousness, just looking in the mirror and saying, I am beautiful, I am strong, I am gifted. You know, saying positive things and not just while you're meditating, during your day. You should be speaking positive thoughts to yourself, even if you're riding down the street. And because I've had some of the greatest meditations driving. <laughs> That's the place to have them, especially if you're on the Beltway, because I have Beltway potty mouth and I need, I'm trying to tamp that down. <laughs> For me, over the years, I've had some of my greatest <laughs> revelations while driving because it's mindless. And you kind of will allow your mind to want. Start saying some positive affirmations to yourself. That you are beautiful, that you are prosperous, that you are successful, that you will lend and not borrow. You know, that, that you are in charge. You are in charge of your life and where you go. Not the people you work for, but it's up to you. And stay in whatever those positive things are. You should, throughout the day, you should pepper that in to whatever you're doing. Who knows? Nobody knows that you're saying a positive affirmation to yourself. This is something that's completely private that you can do, that you can control. Because to be honest, I kind of panicked at the thought of having my own place, not having that cushion of the guys at the kickboxing studio. Because that was like a cushion for me didn't charge me that much rent. You know, I was able to build my business at my own pace. So kind of getting, being thrown out there on your own to do your own thing. I've gone through just feelings of just, can I do this? Can I do this? Yes, I can do it. Yes, I can make this business a grand success. Yes, I will make this business a grand success. There is no other option. That's what I tell myself. You have, there's no other choice. I mean, you do have choices and you can choose to do something else, but that's not your choice. (laughs) Indeed, indeed. But just peppering that throughout your day. And I'm sure with what you do, you get stressed as well because there are deadlines to meet, you know, and, and everything needs to be done yesterday. So in the midst of that drama, which is all false drama, because at the end of the day, it's all gone. It's all fake, because I used to work for um, NPR, and it was, oh my gosh, one of my first jobs out of college was at NPR. One of my first experiences when um, I came in that first day, one of the reporters and one of the editors were having a fight. She took her coffee cup, and she's famous, so I'm not going to say her name. She took her coffee cup and threw it at the editor. And I'm like, and everybody was tense. Everybody was running around. And I'm like, what crazy place am I in? I used to work for All Things Considered. I was um, just an administrative assistant for them. And um, 
I just, I, I just felt like, oh my God, how am I going to do this? How am I going to do this? And it was all fake stress because at the end of the day, everybody was buddies. <laughs> you know what I mean? Why did we go through that in the beginning? Like, why all that drama? I have no idea, but it's just the way it was. It's just the way it was. And, but it's not, none of it's real. None of that's real unless you take it home with you. Mm. But you choose to take it home or not take it home. I leave my, when I leave T.O.P., it's right there on the elevator as I'm headed to my car. <laughs> Whatever ticked me off. And Lord knows, I get mad. I'm like, I, I can definitely, my kids will tell you, I, I can have a temper when I need. But when I leave W.T.O.P., I don't care. It, it stays on that elevator and it goes right back up and I'm headed to my car. <laughs> yeah, that's how, that's how it has to be, yeah. girls. That's a whole lot to be carrying around day after day oh, after day. Man. It's just some of the things, and, and you know, some small things can go wrong that you have no control over in radio. Someone can hand you a script, and it's missing one word, and it changes the whole sentence. And you're there stumbling on the air, and it's no fault of your own. You just were reading copy that was handed. And it, sometimes it'll make you want to scream how the littlest thing, or... You're reading a story, something happens to the machine, and the machine jumps, and you're three stories ahead. And you're like, okay, where was I? And you got to be able to recover, because it's live. So you can't sit there and, uh, uh, but to rah. (laughs) You got to figure out how to move forward. You got to figure out how to move forward. But at the end, when I walk out of there at five o'clock, it stays right on that elevator. A life lesson from that. Yes, yes, it is. It has definitely been a lot to, to just leave it there. If you want to take it home, you will end up destroying yourself, stressing yourself out, losing or gaining weight, not feeling healthy, blood pressure issues. Leave it where it is when you walk out that door. And it's so hard in this electronic age because people can reach you at any time. That drives me nuts. I can be anywhere and anybody can reach me. <laughs> And it's like, so it's hard to leave work at work because you're expected to answer your emails when you're not home. You're expected to, to know, okay, what was on the email? Or did I miss that, that email? You're expected to answer the phone if they need you. They may be calling you to come in or whatever, but you've got to learn how to separate yourself. You are not what you do. You are not what you do. I am not only a newscaster. You know that's what I mean? a That's a hard thing, especially in this area where... You go through an introduction. Hello, what's your name? What do you do? Yes. It's almost, it seems like it's almost always in that order. And I'm not one to let you know that immediately because I want you to know me first. So I'll tend to just say I'm Stephanie because if I say, and then sometimes people catch me and they'll say, Gaines Bryant, thought I knew that voice from somewhere. And I'm like, I'd I'd rather, I, I want you to know me, not what I do. Even though I believe God gave me this gift to communicate with the world, whatever message it is, whether it's that message of health and wellness, whether it's that message for African Ameri- for young African-American women, you can do this too. I believe that I was born to be a communicator. So it's just how you use it. And use what he gave you. Or else. Exactly. Or just like if you don't sing, let's just say you had the gift of singing. If you don't sing for a while... 
you lose it. So use what he gave you. You were born with certain skills to do certain things. Use that. Use it to the fullest. And if it's what you do, if it's what you enjoy, if it's what you're passionate about, you're going to do great things with that. So my dad says, use what's in your hand and God will bless you. Indeed. And he was absolutely right. You give him a handshake for that. In addition to being on the radio and running her yoga business, Stephanie also runs a nonprofit organization, Sisters for Fitness. Let's get into that right here on Planet Now. I developed the organization about five years ago out of concern for African-American women. We discussed earlier the fact that we suffer from chronic diseases at a disproportionate rate. I myself am a diabetic, so I am concerned about things like diabetes and obesity. And as a diabetic, you have to take care of yourself a little bit more. It's a silent disease. And so I developed the organization to get women to start paying more attention, African-American women, to pay more attention to our health. So that's why it was developed. Each year we do a 5K in April. I think this year in 2019 it's going to be April 29th, Saturday, April 29th. And it's just a a day to come out and fellowship with other African-American women who are of like mind. Let's get healthy together. Physical health definitely important. Is there a mental health component? Because, you know, growing up, I don't know if you grew up in the, in a church, in church environment. I grew up in a church environment as well. And, you know, Jesus can fix anything. Not to be disrespectful, but we need to take care of our mental health as well. Absolutely. And a lot of times in our community, we don't recognize things like depression. We say such and such is crazy, (laughs) and that encompasses all aspects of mental health, and it doesn't. There are people who are suffering from depression. There are people who are going through stress, and you need to talk to somebody or you need to do some things to help yourself get healthy or you won't. It only gets worse. Mm -hmm. And that's, that is definitely with the mental health. There's nothing wrong with talking to somebody about whatever issues you have. There's nothing wrong with becoming a part of a group where you're dealing with whatever issues are bothering you. It is not a crime. It is not a sin to have a mental illness. Ooh, say that again. (laughs) It is not a sin to have a mental illness. And God has not left you? No, he hasn't. No, he hasn't. You know, people are born with all types of things, or people have all types of issues. Instead of denying it, as we have for so many years, denying that mental issues exist, let's confront it head on. And hopefully you have some friends around you, like a good friend of mine. She's a primary care doctor. And there was a, I was going through a little rough patch And she, I think we were on the phone one day. She said, you know what, Liz, I think you just, you need to talk to someone. And I'm thinking, got on the defensive. Well, why? Well, I think you might be depressed. No, I'm not. And of course, you know, she's known me for years. So, you know, I'm thinking, she crazy. She crazy. Not she's crazy. She crazy. Okay. She must, she mistaken. She wrong. Mm -mm." And then I thought about it. I said, okay, well, let me look up some symptoms. I looked up the symptoms, stepped outside of myself to be objective. And I said, well, she might, she might have a point and I, maybe I need to talk to someone and there's nothing wrong with that. Because everybody, I don't know if you know anybody who's led a perfect life. We all go through rough patches and in order to process that rough patch in a healthy way, sometimes you need to talk to someone. I've never been an advocate for medication, but you do what you need to do. 
Also, do some things like meditating. Do some things watching what you eat. There are all types of things you can do to address it, but address it. It is real. Mental illness is real. It's not just, I had an Aunt Ruth, once a year she'd walk down the street naked, and we would say, she's crazy. (laughs) We just thought it. But who knows? She may have been bipolar. She may have been suffering from all kinds of stuff, but we lump it all in together. Aunt Ruth was just crazy. You know, so we need to address this. We need, it is real. People have mental illness, and it's not going to get better. Like if you notice that there's something up with your kid, it's not going to get better spanking your kid. It's not going to get better hiding that kid or hiding yourself. If you notice, for example, for, for a period of two weeks or so, that you just have been feeling those blahs, you haven't been taking care of yourself. You notice you don't care what you wear. You don't particularly care to do your hair. You don't partic- you're not interested in the things you were interested in. You may need to talk to somebody, and you may just need one or two sessions. Nobody's saying you've got to sit on the couch for the next 10 years. You may just need a couple of sessions, someone else to hear your voice. Someone who's just, someone who does, is not a family member, someone who's not a friend, someone who is outside, who can look at your situation professionally from an outside perspective and help you sort it out. And sometimes, I know just in my case, I found out, well, you know what? It's not as bad as I thought because my <laughs> the counselor that I see and I check up, check in with her for a tune-up every now and then, she told me when I was seeing her on a regular basis, either once a week or every couple of weeks for, for a series of months, and she said, you know what, Liz? Trust me. You're not the worst of my concerns. And I was thinking, well, what, what do you mean? She said, your problems are in the realm of you just need someone to talk to. Yes. Yes. Some people just need someone to talk to. There are other people who do need possibly to go on some kind of medication, who do need uh, treatment once or twice a week. Who are mu- But if you just kind of need to sort it out, talk to somebody. Talk to, you're not alone, too, because once you talk to somebody, too, you will realize that you are not the only person who has experienced whatever it is you're going through. Somebody else has been there, too. And it's just a good feeling to know I'm not alone with this. I'm not the only one who has these symptoms. I'm not alone. There are others. And that's a comfort within itself. Thanks for listening to Planet Now, where it's all about the people, places, things, and ideas that teach us, prompt us to make a difference, and do more with what life presents. You were listening to a chat with two ladies sitting on a couple of yoga mats at the Radio Yogi Yoga Studio in Bowie, Maryland. This episode features owner Stephanie Gaines Bryant. Not only is Stephanie one of the voices heard on the DC radio airwaves, she's also founder of the nonprofit Sisters for Fitness. Get all of Stephanie's links and social media handles at planetnown.com. I'm Liz Anderson, host of the Planet Noun podcast. Don't forget to follow us and show some love on social media, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. We're on SoundCloud. And please stop by Apple Podcasts and rate the show. Now, if you have interview ideas, folks who are doing the most to make a difference where they're planted, or folks with an interesting story, please drop me an email, planetnoun at gmail.com. You can also message me on Facebook or Instagram. Thanks for stopping by. Until next time, take care.